combination of velvety soft bath hands and some real thud in the back, leading to moments like this and McConaughey, and he's snaking his way through, and in Clark to Glanville, fucking a singer is standing, waiting, pouncing. Big Joel makes his a double. Oh, he's gone through on his own. Josh Matabesi, ender of worlds, destroyer of walls. Spencer whips it away. Beautifully done. Gavin scores. The two young bucks who underlined their love of this place earlier in the week. Orlando Bailey and Max Ajomo conspire in thrilling fashion. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and on a Sunday I'm delighted to be joined by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom. Tom, something slightly different this week. Something slightly different mate, indeed. Our our first ever sober live (laughs) podcast. Um, Not live. Just about live. (laughs) Match reaction podcast. Mm. We were... Uh, buoyed after the recent results and thought we'll be we'll be on cloud nine after sticking five points on our on our closest rivals and we can we can um, we can bathe in the glow of that victory. It wasn't quite like that in the end, but yeah, a new format for us. Yeah, it didn't quite work out like that. Of course, we'll be reviewing what just happened in the game, the win against Gloucester at the Rec. But we thought we were watching this game together. We weren't drinking. We thought it would be a prime opportunity to get some immediate reaction to that game and if you like it listeners let us know and this is maybe a format that we can keep some point in the future well after the previous BLP live following the Bristol game went down so well uh, four minutes of me slurring along not making a huge amount of sense we thought why not why not why Mm. not go take two why not go take two I think we did also do a a post-match podcast back in season one it might have been or, or season two and we'd been to the game then um and I would yeah I would not want to listen to to that one back that was a a, a rusty drunken and and pretty poor yeah. affair by, by from memory it's kind of like when you slow down your podcast so you're on half speed <laughs> that's what it sounds like so I guess if you sped it up it it, it would have been normal mm. but yeah, let's get into the game. Oh, Tom. one quick thing before mm. you start as well. Actually, I realised this this that we didn't mention this in our in our first pod of 2024, but we are now into our seventh calendar year mm. of doing this podcast. So, yeah, how that time has flown by. We're looking very much seven years older for it, G. Um, but yeah, just thought thought it was worth saying, and thanks for everyone that stuck with us over mm. that that time. Seven years. I think I feel about seven years older, having just sat through that eighty minutes of Bath victory. Of course, Bath defeating Gloucester seventeen points to ten. I think Tom the Glanville summed it up pretty nicely in his post match chat with TNT Sports, which we've just watched Tom when he said we made a little bit of a meal of that. Do you agree with TDG on that front? Absolutely. It was. Very, very tough viewing. Uh, did not enjoy watching that one bit. And it's even worse <laughs> on, on TV, I think. But yeah, it just felt like we potentially were going to find a way to throw that away. And, you know, that we weren't further ahead, particularly towards the the, the end of that game, was 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 incredible. We should have, we should have put them to bed um, much, much earlier and, and, and much, much easier. It kind of had that feel. It didn't. It certainly didn't feel like your kind of derby day clash. I mean, you compare that to the reverse fixture mm. when we were in the shed and the atmosphere, the energy, the tension was just was just 
completely, completely different. It's almost like you're in, you know, when you're in that um, that slumber in mm. between Christmas and New Year, where it's kind of like dead time and everyone's just sleeping around. There's no one's really doing anything, and time just passes willfully. It kind of felt a little bit like the players and the crowd on what was a very cold day, but a bright day. It kind of felt like that. It wasn't the spectacle, certainly on TV, and you know, people have tweeted in who were, were lucky to be at the game, but it certainly wasn't the the derby spectacle that I think I think we were expecting. And it wasn't helped, I think, at times by a pretty sleepy performance from from Christoph Ridley. He just kind of let that game meander, particularly in the first half. The end of the first half was a prime example of yeah. that, where he let Gloucester take 30 seconds off the clock for a march to kick the ball out. It did kind of feel like Bath, in particular, were, were kind of going through the motions, I think, um, and almost waiting for, for someone... To, to do something just to spark it and, and kind of waiting almost for, for Gloucester to roll over. You know, I can't remember a derby where we went in so confident and it yeah. just felt a little bit like that was replicated on the field and also a little bit like it was replicated in the stands and it was just, they were kind of waiting for, for the, the kind of the tide to begin to turn and Bach to kind of wash all over Gloucester. And I think the players were as well and I just think, you know, particularly in that first half, we just didn't, didn't play very well at all. I think we were definitely complacent. I mm. think we went out there and thought we'll blow them away. We've got too much talent. We'll 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 you know offload. We'll spin the ball out wide, and we'll just have too much pace for them. As we did, you know, in the in the previous encounter in that last last forty minutes that we played against against Gloucester, um, and it, it just wasn't to be. I guess it's more generally a very new position that we find ourselves in. Mm. We're favourites mm. all of a sudden. You remember this is the team that not too long ago, put 64 points to nil on us. But we're favourites. There's an expectation that we are pushing and we're winning and we're pushing for, for top four, back in third now. But, you know, the league's very tight and it only takes a couple of losses to find yourself back down in, you know, seventh or even eighth place. So, yeah, I think it's a different kind of pressure we're feeling and I don't think we, I don't think we dealt particularly well with that in the, mm. the early part of the game. Yeah, and with that in mind, I think it was just great that we won the game. Yeah. It could have been oh, yeah. so much worse, right? You know, Gloucester, incredibly, are only seven points down coming into the last five, four, three minutes of that game. And, and they got the ball a half yard from our line, decide to, to spin it out, lose the ball, and, and we kind of tackle them behind the 22 and ultimately win the penalty. But if, if they show a little bit more accuracy and a little bit more composure in that instance, we could be talking about a, a draw in in this game or potentially if they, they come down again, something even worse, which, which kind of seems unthinkable um, when you think about what we're thinking before the game and also kind of how, how the game played out, which, we're, which well, we're going to get into. Before we do, Tom, I think I must mention yeah. this is, of course, the, the Bath Robbie plug brought to you by Black and White Butchers. If you're listening to this and you've just got back from the wreck or you're at the wreck yesterday or if you're listening on, on, on Monday and you did enjoy uh, a black and white butcher's hog roast and I'm very jealous and if you didn't make sure you get down there on next Sunday for the game against Racing for your Sunday lunch. It is well worth a visit the black and white butcher's stand and do check out their Instagram. Tom, let, let's kind of get into a little bit more more detail of the game. I think kind of the main storyline coming out of the game is just chances wasted um, by Bath. I think we were held up over the line four on four occasions, multiple other occasions where we were just inaccurate 
within the 22. So, yeah, why do you think we were kind of unable to to get over the line? You know, we've seen that we've been able to push over. Why do you think we weren't able to so consistently today? Yeah, well, firstly, I mean, on the point about, um, you know, not having that cutting edge that we have done at points this season. And, you know, the BT or TNT, sorry, I always make that mistake, showed a stat that we are the most effective from first phase at scoring tries. We're top of the league in that respect. And I think that has been because of the crispness and the accuracy of our handling, particularly in the in the backs, but all 15 guys stepping up and doing that. And that just wasn't quite connecting and working today, I thought, at, at times. There were 12 handling errors, mm. which is a, a, you know, a high tally. And for all the ball we had, you know, we didn't see the expansive and accurate play um, out in the wider channels that we have done. And, you know, why that is, you know, maybe just a bit of intensity lacking, maybe a little bit of um, bit of New Year's sleepiness, as I know we all probably feel going back into into work after 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 the Christmas break. I don't know, but that was certainly lacking. And then I thought just physicality. You know, you mentioned the held up tries. I thought our, our physicality was was pretty poor as well. You know, Gloucester were beating us in the collisions on the game line. They were winning the battle and breakdown at times as well. And it's not helped when you're lacking a plan in that area. And, you know, the the kind of pick-and-go options, individuals trying to batter down the door, it, it being very, very slow, I just think didn't help us. And Gloucester, to their credit, defended their mm. line well, managed to... Zach Mercer in, in one instance, who I'm not allowed to mention. So the Gloucester number eight in one instance, kind of pulling... pulling uh, um, I think it was... was Dunny. Uh, was it Dunny? Mm. Pulling him over the line and, and getting the held up. We just lacked a bit of a plan. We lacked a bit of composure close to the line. We lacked a little bit of physicality. And, yeah, four held-up tries. You know, <laughs> that game should have been out of sight with a little bit more accuracy. Yeah, I just think it, it was frustrating for me, Tom, because decision-making, I think, was poor throughout. Mm. We definitely should have taken three points oh, yeah. to, to make it a ten-point game with about eight minutes to go. We went to the corner, red path dropped it. But I think also when we've been held up on two, three occasions, I think we've got to try and, and turn something different. And the scrum was working so effectively in that first half, particularly when it was um, the first choice guys against first choice guys, Stuart and Abano and Dunn propping against their lads. It was working so effectively. We had two or three occasions where we had um, scrums on on their five meter, sorry, penalties on their five meter line, and we chose to tap and go, and they ultimately resulted in held ups. And it's just like, fine, if you're not going to kick sticks, I understand it. You want to go for the five points. I'm not sure it was right, certainly not at the end. But try something different. Try the scrum. You're getting them backwards, and then Barbary coming or, or Kutsia coming off the back of that is way more of an effective weapon than just tap and go. Gloucester knew what was coming, and and to their credit. Defended it really, really well, you know, being able to roll us on, mm. on all those occasions to get under it. It was credit to Gloucester, but I think we've got to try something different there. I think it was a concerning day for, for the decision makers, for, for me. Yeah, definitely. I think it's echoed by um, mm. some of the comments we've, we've had on Twitter. Nice. AJMS um, commenting that, you know, appreciating that the league is tight and, and I guess implying there that we were going for that four try bonus point, but occasionally we really need to kick the points and. I agree with you, and I was saying to you live that for those that are pretty much straight in front, just take your three points, take the scoreboard along. 
The one I really couldn't understand was when we lead by seven yeah. and we get that opportunity to take the game out of reach so that Gloucester have to rush those 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 last few attempts at our line that that, that they had to, to get close and just take the game away from them and just be like, we've won this and now we can focus on getting the four tries. As it was, we were scrambling at the end and we ended up kicking the ball out dead because mm. we were just happy to, to, to get away with 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 avoiding them scoring. Yeah, what what were your thoughts on on that decision right at the end of the game, Tom? Obviously, we win the penalty there. That the score is seventeen ten. We've got three tries. Obviously, Gloucester are attacking themselves to to try and go for the draw. Um, Spencer decides to to put the the ball out um, and and kind of bank the points that we've got. Would you like to see him go for the corner? I think live. I I was happy with the decision. Probably mainly because I was just happy it was over and won the game. Um, I don't know, it's a fairly tight angle on the kick. Russell hadn't been kicking particularly well from for, for, for touch. I think the risk, given all the handling errors that we had, the risk given um, given the the you know the fact that we you know not been able to score when we were close to the line, I think just the risk of losing those two points you already have would take you down to two. I think probably just bank the win at that point. Mm. That said, maybe we'll look back and 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 you know regret that we don't go for that in the in, in the final standings. I just did not feel that we were going to score. Mm. And I I just felt like get the game done, get the game won at that point. But possibly that just shows the lack of ambition I, I had. You know, I, mm. I can't imagine Saracens or Exeter in their pomp going for, you know, going for the, the you know, silverware ultimately. I can't imagine them not going for that. So, mm. I don't know. I, I know that, you know, at the time you were you were keen for them to try and stick it in the, in the corner. Yeah, Tom Scriven on Twitter agrees you, saying sensible to take the four points at the end. Gloucester risk breaking it with Thorley oh, at all. If I'd been there, I'd been tempted to grab the ball off and kick it off myself. It was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would love to have seen them gone for it, but yeah, I mean, I take the point and, and, and the way that they were the way that they were kicking was was terrible. Kicking to touch was terrible today. Um, Spencer and Russell both guilty of it. You know, we were consistently going for points and going into the corner. And so often it was not five metres out. It was 10, 12 metres out, even further at times. And that makes the maul almost not a weapon and... It's just so basic, so basic. That was extremely frustrating. And, and whilst I'm on the the moan of basics, Tom de Glanville not going under the posts for 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 the try that he scored. Completely nobody around him. He instead chose to to dive over, making it 17-10. He's got to go under the post there. The the conversion becomes easier. Russell misses the conversion. He's got to go. Yeah, that is inexcusable rugby and I just think it was just a, a lacklustre and at times unprofessional performance from Bath but they won the game yeah, and that's on, not on, on, to be and on that, those points as well the tries that we did score mm. were very nicely taken apart from the fact granted that he, he should be under the post there I mean yeah two very very well three very very well worked tries one kind of try that was barreled over who scored that First try, just remind me in the first half. Van, um, oh no, Van Belts was held up. It, there were so many held up, it's actually quite mm. hard to remember. It was Tom de Glanville scored that first try, and that was a lovely little bit of interplay. Yeah, so de Glanville scored two, sorry. So yeah, just to, 
just to touch on the tries, I'm getting confused because we had four pick and So pick not and one pick up. and go try? No, not one pick and go try, four <laughs> held up. Um, outrageous. Yeah, so that first Tom DeGlamble try, it just illustrates that when we can string together mm. the offloading game in, in tight channels that we have, it's a new thing we've seen, I think, really, since Lee Blackett's come in. When we can string that together, it's a really effective weapon. We get quick ball, the ruck speed's really, really quick, mm. and a lovely little pass, almost like hidden pass by Tom de Glanville under his left arm to, to release Will Muir, and he kind of steps away and gives it back to de Glanville, who finishes well in the corner. And then after what was a turgid first half, and you know, I imagine there were some strong words spoken in the dressing room, the man who comes out and just reignites us, gets us back into the lead, is of course Will Muir, kind of out of nowhere, just a lovely little grubber through off his left foot, nutmegs the... The, the young nine, what was his, what was his name? Um, young guy that we were following. Anyway, the, the young nine and, yeah, gets under the sticks there. <laughs> looked like a young nine. Looked like a young nine. He's actually 24. Yeah, 24. Looked like he was about 12. <laughs> listed at 80 kilos. Um, yeah. But it, it just shows. And mm. I think with that, with that, the Glanville trial that you mentioned, lovely bit of interplay. Ollie Lawrence runs a clever line and obstructs the, the defender, Chris Harris, and then just... The Glanville glides and mm. just steps off his his left foot and just yeah get, does not go under the stick. Sorry, but but scores a try. So it just shows when it comes together, we're it's it's mighty mighty effective. It didn't happen enough, but when it did, we're much too good for Gloucester. Much too good in in that area, but I, I think concerning that we weren't able to to score one try amongst the forwards in in a, in a game where we had so. Countless, countless opportunities to do it. And I don't, I don't want to kind of dwell too too, too much on, on the negatives and we're going to kind of get to some positives and some, some stronger performances. But I think the line-out again today was slightly concerning. Missed two of our line-outs at the start of the game, yeah. which led to, to the Gloucester try, Ackerman try, their only try on the day. And I think throughout our line-out just, just wasn't accurate, both done and Annette guilty of it. Van Veltzer bailed them out at one point with, a, with an outstanding take in the air. So it, it, yeah. could have been, it could have been even worse. So um, that's concerning because they've had some consistency there with, with Van Veltzer, with Stuke, um, with Yulzi and with Dunny. So that's a, a, a bit of a concerning area. Um, I don't think our line-out's been as good this season. Um, and I think that's one they, they kind of need to tighten up on. Yeah, albeit, you know, and this might have changed today after our three tries out wide, but albeit... It's been our primary weapon. Our primary Once we get down, weapon. and you know, the mall today wasn't as effective. Uh, you know, Gloucester again defended that well close to their line, but yeah, a potential area for for concern. One area and final negative point G, and then we should start talking mm. about some of the good stuff because we did just we did just beat Gloucester at home. But <laughs> one final thing, I thought the the first up tackling today was was very weak, and you know we didn't have to do a huge amount of it because we had so much ball. But yeah, we missed 33 of our 104 tackles. That's a 68% tackle rate. You know, Ollie Thorley, when he got the ball a couple of times early in that second half, just raced through and looked like, you know, kind of men against boys at times. Um, yeah, I think Big Joe struggled defensively today. Oh, he looked, he looked, he just looked a little bit soft at times. And, you know, Steve Borthwick and the crowd will be looking at that and looking at everything he does well. Mm. With ball in hand, he was effective in the air as well. But he was just a bit soft in the tackle, and I think, yeah, I, I don't know what that was. We didn't quite look at the races physically. It's just he's such a frustrating winger, Thocken, because there is a you feel like there's a world beater in there. 
some of the stuff he does is just so so good but then some of the stuff he does is just yeah it's just a little bit soft and a little bit just a little bit timid and weak mm. he's a massive lad with so much power use it barrel over people in attack and defence and yeah he did scrag Thorley kind of at the end there when, when we pushed him back over the 22 but there was just two or three occasions you're right where he just doesn't use his power like the number of wingers that would just love to be that strong yeah. and that quick and I just love him to use it because there's a there's an England winger in there there's a, there's a world class winger in there but he's got a yeah, he's got to be a bit stronger. Yeah, and I think it's the, the thing with that. When you're that physically gifted and you've had it all your own way genetically, which he has, and he's a he's an absolute freak of nature, I think you can get away with just being a little bit mentally not as aggressive and not as tough as you need to be. And I, I've no doubt that he's got it in him, as you say, but at times he just, yeah, he just kind of let the game pass him by a bit. Mm. And I want him to take the game and to, 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 to make an impact. On the positives on the defensive yeah, side, yeah. there are a couple of big interventions from from guys late into the game for them that I thought was fantastic. Tom Dunn, in his final involvement in the game, tracking back and making a, a really important tackle, actually, and forcing the knock-on on, down on the left wing. And then Elliot Stook charging up and emptying the tank in the 72nd minute and um, hunting down Santi Carreras on a kick chase. I thought that was... That was fantastic from those two guys. Yeah, both of them, I think Johan noticed both of those interventions because I think on both occasions, the ones you're talking about, they were the last interventions for for both men. And I thought it was a, another strong performance from Stuky, and that, that's been um, confirmed or, or agreed with by, by a lot of people on Twitter who um, are just saying they would like to see Stuky um, kept for... Uh, a little bit longer. So Tom Scriven, as I mentioned there, saying Stook needs to stay at the club. Um, and there was another tweet, which I can't find at the moment, that, that said we need to get Stookey signed on. And I think that was right. It was a, it was a good performance from, from Stook. And I think, yeah, if we just breathe, I know it was a stressful watch and, and not stressful a stressful listener I imagine as well <laughs> yeah. most people having, having time to calm down and digest this on their Monday commutes <laughs> if we just breathe we've just beaten Gloucester at home it's a derby game you know we've beaten them we've scored three nice tries we're third in the league two seasons ago we were getting pumped every single week this is improvement and I think the fact that we the Glanville Van Graan, and I expect all of the other players yeah. are feeling really frustrated at that performance is a testament to, to how far they've yeah. come. So we must not lose sight of that. And I think let's try and focus on a few positives now. Yeah, Tom. well, and, and just to say, like, when you, in, even when you improve, <laughs> when you improve, mm. the goalposts shift. So exactly. Speak, and the goalposts shift. And that's a good position to be in. And we beat Gloucester home and away. We've just inflicted. They are record losing streak on them, nine in a row in the league. And as you say, we're back up in, in the top four and, um, and and looking good. It's going to be very tight, but we're looking good. And these are games that we have to win yeah. against the, the, you know, the, the, the weaker opposition in the, in the league. Positives, do you want me to kick off or do you want to... No, no, you go, Sam. Do you want to go? Um, well, I've actually forgotten what I was just about to say. But, oh no, I'll tell you what I was going to say. Um, one thing that's been hugely positive the last, well, four weeks since we've been tallying up is discipline. Mm-hmm. And four penalties, again, Superb. versus 16 penalties for Gloucester. I mean, that is just 
huge. That is huge. Um, and the fact that, again, the margin's only seven points just speaks to those four held-up tries. The 16 is a very poor number, but four is fantastic. And now that's 20, I'm keeping a tally now, G, that's 20 penalties total in the last four games. So that's, that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and, and, a, and a big, big number of them came uh, last week in, in the defeat to Leicester. That, that is outstanding. And I think it, you know, that, that, that's real credit to, to Bath, but also just, just underlines the, the dominance that we've had, the dominance that we're, we're continuing to have at home, Tom. Only one win, I think, in 12 in a league at home. Um, so yeah, another one positive, loss. Yeah. One loss. Apologies, it's been one win at times. We one... listened to this two seasons ago. We've been we talking like that. Exactly. So, you know, another another win starting to become a, a fortress. Uh, all the things Van Graan speaks about. Tough, tough to beat. Tough to beat. Sorry, Aaron, for that. <laughs> tough to beat. Making the record fortress. These are things he's spoken about, and these are things that are happening, which is a, a real positive. Will Muir. Another another massive positive mm-hmm. for me. I, I thought he was excellent again, and I think him and him and Tom De Glanville with with his two tries um, kind of bailed bailed the pack out in particular. Um, I think those two were, were real live wires, um, and the whole of the back three did, did well with 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 the with the kind of kicking battle being maintained. Completely. Whilst was I. Going Any other standout performances, say, player performances? No, I think I think you covered it. I think yeah, those two in particular were, mm. were very good. I thought the bench was fairly effective when it came on. Um, Alfie Barbary added some some energy, and you know I think I jumped the gun a little bit in asking us to talk about England last week with the squad not announced until the seventeenth of January. But if I look at who's hurt and who's helped their chances for England, I think Barbary probably be the only one that has come out of that better off. I think. Yeah, Big Joe and Ben Spencer, I think, was uncharacteristically quiet. Will Stewart was was fairly anonymous. Ben Urbano put in a decent shift, but came off the Detroit after about 50 mm. minutes. So um, I thought Barbary was was energetic and provided provided a bit of buzz and a bit of edge, as did Chris Clurter off the bench. So I think those guys were effective as well. Um, anything else I was going to cover? I just wanted to say, like, at times it was a bit of a circus as well. I mean, the, the 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 Russell changing of the boots was just a strange moment, and I've never I've never seen that. I mean, I think he was certainly struggling with the kicking, and it was almost barbarian style. He he changed his left boot only, so it was in matching boots, presumably to get a bit more traction with his with his standing foot from kicking. That was an odd moment in what was an odd an odd first half in particular. Um, and then, yeah, we should mention the flooding as well because mm. that was a uh, an impressive effort by all accounts to get the game on. Obviously, right sitting right on a, a floodplain there, and yeah, it was it's it was you know um, Van Graan was saying after the game that Saturday afternoon they had fire engines in draining the the few um, front rows there, kind of um, of the stand below the boxes or south, south stand. Yeah. yeah, so it's been a swamp in the past as we've spoken about. There's a new type of pitch and type of grass which seems to be helping with the, the drainage from 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 what we've heard and yeah the groundsmen do deserve credit for getting that game on because actually the pitch itself was 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 really really good so another positive for you G good we good we got a game in the in the first place 
Could we got a game in the first place? Yeah, I think they've sewn in some artificial to the playing mm-hmm. surface, which has definitely Deso, helped. Deso, something like that. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, a, a bit of a, a crazy Sunday afternoon. I think Nicola Curtis on Twitter sums it up where she says, a match that was so totally mad that I was actually laughing at points. They collectively lost the plot for much of it, and yet we won. I'll yeah. happily take that. Yeah. And I think that sums it up. It was a, a weird game. A game we should have won by more, but then made so many errors that, that we let Gloucester almost steal the or kind of share the spoils at the end. But a game we won and a game that we um, will kind of look back on, I think, as an important one yep. to take as we c- continue on this run and, and continue in the playoffs in what is a crazily tight league. A crazy weekend of action in, in the Gallagher Premiership, um, which we've watched an awful lot of together this weekend. Northampton turning Exeter over yesterday oh, was was wonderful lovely. to see. Yeah. Um, uh, it's been a, a, a weird one. Bristol sure. being sale, you know, didn't Balances start the weekend it. too well, but yeah. And just just maybe a final word, and I I don't want to. Um, maybe I'm starting to listen to too much Ewan Van Graham stuff, but I feel like this is something he'd say. I won't try the accent again, but we are oh, starting man. to. Oh, I'm so tempted, but I'm not going. We are started. To, we're starting to make winning a bit of a habit and we've shown how to make losing a habit in the past um yeah and the, the, this is again another another cliche but I do think it's true and you have to look at guys the teams like Saracens in the past and we're losing it now it's been an emotional afternoon but yeah the best teams do win when they play poorly and we played pretty poorly there and maybe better sides put us away maybe not we'll never know but we we found a way to get the win mm. By Tom of tough to beat. By Tom of fine. If you want an afternoon of full Johan Van Graan, <laughs> Johan Van Graan action. Um, yeah, great, great to get the win up to third in the league, as I say. And on to Europe. Well, yeah, and just before we do, mm. can we talk about some other Bath rugby news? So Bath United, mm-hmm. and nice to be saying that they're back in action mm. and you know been completely starved of fixtures since prior to COVID, which is years ago now, but. Yeah, back in action and beat um, the England under-20 side uh, at Shaftesbury Park. I believe that was on Friday night, if I'm not mistaken. No, it was yesterday. It was Saturday. Saturday, yeah. The, 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 the days are blurring into one. But, importantly, some, some returnees for Bath. And I think some surprise returnees from injury, mm. particularly in the case of friend of the podcast, Roy McConaughey. Mm. great to see him back. I think that's only two months that he's been out and the way that, you know, it was communicated his injury, it felt like it could be could be quite a lot more. So great to see him back out in the 14 shirt. And also Josh Bayless, mm. who again is, is, has been a really important player for us in the past and will only add to that, that back row department um, um, as, he, as he sort of comes back into the, to, to the starting berth as well. And then finally, and we haven't touched on this because he was pulled out of the game just prior, and we don't know what the implications of that are, but Sam Underhill was initially mm. included in, in the 23 for for, um, for for today's game. So some positive news on injuries, and if you look at the guy's sidelines, you know, it's it's very, very sparse, which is getting credit to, to what they're doing in terms of rotation and, and rehabilitation and all that mm. stuff. Yeah, Competition for places in the back row is huge now. Really, with with um, Ted Hill the only major oh, yeah, absentee from from that list, and he's back running. I think back training. Hmm. So yeah, competition for places is massive. Going to be fascinating to see the selection ahead of 
the visit of Racing 92 to the wreck on Sunday. It is, of course, the return of Europe. Bath have got 10 from a possible 10 in Europe, quite incredibly. Racing, on the other hand, have lost both of their games. They lost at home in round one to Harlequins and then lost in pretty meagre fashion um, at Kingspan against Ulster in round two. They did get a couple of losing bonus points in those games. Um, so they are on two points from a possible two games. Their top 14 form, however, is a hell of a lot stronger. They have won eight games from a possible 12, won again this weekend, and they do sit four points clear, top of the top 14, Tom. We've obviously recently got Finn Russell from Racing 92, which I'm sure will, again, steal a lot of the headlines. But even without Finn Russell, this is a pretty star-studded Racing 92 side and squad. It's a phenomenal squad. I mean, just looking down some of the sides that they've been fielding recently in, you know, for example, in the defeat at home to Quinns, which is a fantastic win for, for Quinns. But yeah, guys like Cameron Wockey, Sia Khaleesi, Wenceslet Lorette, um, Wanimoff, Gail Ficou, Henry Arundel, Henry Chauvency, it is uh, Sedek Gomesat, it's, uh, it's Trevor Nayakane, the South African prop, blimey, it's an absolute <laughs> packed squad. And yeah, I think their form in Europe are, uh, you know, a little bit, you know, surprising to be honest with mm. the squad that they're able to field. Um, I imagine they're going to come fully loaded as well. I mean, if they have to win that game, we're obviously sitting pretty from, you know, two from two and should qualify, I think, you know, probably need what? Do we need another win, do you think? Just looking at the table. Well, I think Cardiff look, Cardiff are on two points as well. I yeah. Cardiff look pretty much out of it. They're probably worse on the comp. And I think from there, it, it's, you know, if, if Racing do beat us, it becomes all pretty tight and I don't want to have to go to Toulouse and get something. Yeah, Ulster and Quinns in third and fourth playing mm. each other. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we, we should, I think we're pretty much safe with a couple of points to get us clear of a single win, maybe. But I th- Yeah, I, I think if, you, if you're looking at this from, from a Bath point of view, I think absolutely try and target this one um, as a win and then, and then see where we are for, for the net for round four against Toulouse, which means them coming full beans, Bath having to, to be full beans as well. It, it makes for a, a really mouth-watering clash, a clash that we're going to be at the rec for next Sunday as well, Tom, one that I absolutely cannot wait for our first trip to the rec in, in 2024. And, and, and yeah, I think this is going to be tough. Um, yeah. I think this is probably the the best side we've welcomed to the rec so far this season and maybe in a, in a year or so. If they get it right, they, they look like they could, you know, win the competition it's not gone for them so far in this competition but I think it, it's, it's something that they're absolutely going to try and put right here so yeah it will be tough they they look like they've got a lovely front row and back row um, perhaps not as strong at half backs um, but yeah um, I think this will be tough yeah and it completely switched mentality isn't it I mean we're favourites against Gloucester at home and we're, expectation is that we, we, we beat them handily and now we are about to find out the you know what it's like to yeah. play two titans of Europe in Racing and, and Toulouse, and it's going to be tough. I mean, we're we've started very very well in Europe, but let's not get complacent and let's not get ahead of ourselves. You know, they these two teams are loaded with absolute firepower, 
Um, it's going to be difficult, but I think um, we're in a very, very good position in Europe. Four mm. of the six teams, as you say, will will progress. So yeah, let's completely go in fully loaded, put our best foot forward, and um, who knows, really? Who knows, Tom? Hopefully, a Bath win that we'll be able to witness next Sunday. If you are going to be at the wreck as well, please do enjoy what is going to be a, a star-studded Sunday affair um, for sure. Thank you for joining me. Little bit of a, a little bit of a run there, maybe. Few laughs, times. few laughs, few tears, and um, yeah, and on, on we go. Yeah, um, feels good to to kind of have got that off off our chests. Um, thank you for listening again, listeners. If you were at the game, hope you enjoyed that recap, and if you did watch along, hopefully that kind of replicates a few of the views held by Bath fans trying to pepper in a few comments from Twitter in there as well. We'll be back next week on our normal schedule. Um, So please do hit subscribe to get every podcast delivered straight to your device in the new year. Please do share this podcast with your friends. And as always, stick behind the boys.